Davis Anderson. I'm the director and curator of the Contemporary Center at the American Folk Art Museum in New York City, and I also had the privilege of being the curator for the Martine Ramirez exhibition. I think the story that Martine Ramirez returns to again and again in the several hundred drawings that are currently known by the artist is wanting to document a life lived, wanting to really recount his experiences both in real life and also in his imagination. He takes us back to his memories of Mexico, uh, memories that were, by the time he started drawing, 30 years old. He also blends those and conflates them with the very real experiences of the asylum culture of Northern California, which would have been memories closer to the time of the execution of the drawings. Martin Ramirez is very devoted to several motifs, so it's hard to say that uh, one type of imagery dominated his mind more than another. In fact, you know, the horse and rider imagery, uh, which I think is shown very thoroughly in the exhibition, could be Mexico, could be Northern California, could be Hollywood pop imagery, could be so many different illustrations by the artist. And what's interesting, I think, is the acknowledgement that possibly it's all of those things. Ramirez is a memory painter, but unlike any other memory painter we've ever seen, mostly because he has a real lust for line. And line is the dominant element in every single drawing by this artist. So one of the things that's so fascinating artistically about Ramirez, particularly because he is self-taught, is that he's able to merge his interest in representation and abstraction into nearly every single drawing. He does that most elegantly, I think, in um, at the moments where he makes a form that a lot of people liken to a mollusk shell or a fingerprint pattern. And that moment in many of his drawings, this mollusk shell-like form, is a valley, is a hill, is a tunnel, is in itself the subject matter sometimes. So this kind of approach and fascination with abstraction on the part of Ramirez makes him unlike every other memory painter. I hope that there will be an appreciation of the pure aesthetic sophistication of Martine Ramirez's artwork. And then I can easily imagine how people will be drawn into not only his life story, which is the story of many immigrants moving from Mexico to the United States, but also his posthumous story of his involvement in the art world, which is devilishly fascinating. Llegamos por fin a Llegamos por fin a My name is Kristen Espinosa and I'm an institutional researcher at Loyola University Chicago. I began this research about 10 years ago with Victor Espinosa, and uh, at the beginning we knew nothing, and we gradually were able to find information until we've been able to put together 
quite a full story of Ramirez's life. Ramirez left Mexico and it seems that he left because he wanted to earn money to pay off the small farm that he had bought. The Cristero Rebellion lasted from 1926, so the year after he left, to 1929. It was the rebellion of very Catholic people in, uh, with the government. It was a secular government, and they wanted more control over the church. And both sides, both the Cristeros and the Federales, were, were pretty vicious. When Ramirez left for the United States, he had three children, and there was another one on the way that we think he did not know about. And he left the, his land in care of his brother. He crossed to the United States by train with two friends, and they went, we think, to California. We believe that he worked probably on the railroad and in the mines. But once the Depression hit, you know, it was hard for anybody, and specifically for uh, Mexican migrants. We think he was probably sleeping in the streets a lot. We don't really know how he was able to live. He was eventually picked up by the police. He was, at that point, acting crazy, say, in their reports. And so they took him to a mental hospital. He mistakenly believed that his wife had actually gone with the federal army. People in the area were often forced to take sides with the, the Federales or the Cristeros. And being a very strong Catholic, this was anathema to him. And we think that Ramirez misunderstood and thought that his brother and his wife were having some kind of an affair. We think that that was very upsetting to him and that that may have contributed to some of his mental stress and his mental illness, if you want to say that. So, And we think that's reflected in some of the the drawings that he that he made. His drawings are mysterious, but that they are representations of his memories. Memory is mysterious. Other than the person who drew them, no one will really understand exactly what they mean. We can speculate, and the more we know about his biography, the more we speculate that a lot of them really are pictures of his memory, things that represent his autobiography. His longing for his home, for example, we think is reflected in so many drawings of trains. He came to the United States in a train. If he were to return, he would return in a train probably. So what we think is that the trains represent sort of the bridge for him between the United States and Mexico, and that they in some sense probably represented his longing to go home. And there are a few drawings that are really pretty explicit about this, where they have trains going from one landscape into another, and one landscape is pretty clearly the United States and sort of modern, and, and the other landscape is very pastoral and pretty clearly seems to represent his home in Mexico. This is Dr. Matthew Pasto. I'm a radiologist in the San Jose area. And my connection to this exhibit is that my father is Tarmo Pasto, the artist who discovered and helped proliferate Martin Ramirez's work. And his unique look on things was the analysis of how people drew and what it might reflect of their mental state. So when he got the chance to go to DeWitt State Hospital, that was a, a wonderful beginning to more of his more in-depth work. And to find a, an artist at DeWitt, uh, which, he, which he can study and help to foster his creative impulses, was just, uh, just perfect. 
Well, many of my discussions were back in the 60s when I was still relatively young and I heard my father discussing with other psychologists and artists about the work and the significance mm -hmm. of some of the lines, some of the placement of the figures. And I was just noticing on one of this uh, train going up a hill and then into the tunnel, it seems like the ties of the railroad tracks stop before the tunnel. It's almost like his foundation, his basis or security is, is disappearing as is, is this track just sliding off into the darkness. And so that's something that one might think about. What was the artist thinking when he created that image? And many times the train is half emerged from the tunnel and starting to steam along the tracks. So it could be that, that life is rushing by. I wonder, with this image untitled Courtyard, um, the artist was reminiscing of his childhood, and of course, way back he was uh, emerging from the birth canal, and his shape is similar to what one might envision. Additionally, with the animals in the background and the image of the child, this may be a, a wish of a simpler childhood. It's interesting that the uh, close-knit walls around, almost looks like a baby in a bassinet with walls around him. He seems to be caged in by these walls with the repetitive arc-like patterns. And the animals are running free outside, and then further in the distance is the, the train taking off for unknown parts. <laughs> Once he got to the horse and rider, the side portrait look of the writer had a looking out eye, not necessarily a paranoid eye, but the face on writers and the horse often had the wide open eye with the pinpoint pupil indicating a fear, mm -hmm. an urgency in the situation. And the writers are often shown handling a gun, reflective of some of the disturbances in Mexico at the time when he was in California. Martin was committed to an institution. Just being free, perhaps, was just more than he could cope with. And so we have this horse that's scared, this rider that's sometimes menacing, but it's in a box. He's contained, so he's more in, under control. It must have gave him a sense of security somehow that he can't get me, he is in a box. And the hard, straight lines around him, you know, so it's security, it's something stable and firm and concrete, so to speak. We're now trying to expose my father's artwork to more people and have started a website where many of his paintings can be seen, and also those of one of his, his main mentor, Christian Midjo. So the website is midjo-pasto-gallery. It's M-I-D-J-O. Queridos, hay mis paisanos queridos.